E-A-B-L-E-S. Ebels. Remember that name because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers. The Ebels story began with the search for something natural to help manage chronic migraines. But Ebels helps more than just migraines. From managing chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, Ebels is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs. And yours truly, Brian Nichols, here on The Brian Nichols Show, can indeed vouch for the quality of Ebels. Having a herniated disc in my back, coupled with years of sports injuries, I was struggling to find something, anything to help manage my pain. That is until Ebels. With the best quality product and customer service in the industry, Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil and Ebels Freeze Gel easily stand above all the competition. And right now, Ebels is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nichols Show audience on all orders. All you have to do is head to Ebels.com and use promo code TB. NS, the Brian Nichols Show, right? TBNS at checkout. That's it. Discount applied. Again, the code is TBNS at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality CBD on the market. One more time, that is code TBNS at checkout. And now, on to the show. This episode of the Brian Nichols Show contains strong language. Listener discretion is advised. And now, on with the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here. Brian Nichols Show, welcome to the final episode of a phenomenal week. And of course, what? You know. We're going to have a phenomenal guest and a phenomenally fun guest, as today... We are joined by uh, America's Got Talent fame, but you more likely know her from her work over at Compound Media and the Gas Digital Network, and that is one Chrissy Mayer, who is joining The Brian Nichols Show to discuss all things funny. That's right, in an era where it seems you're not allowed to laugh, in an era where you're not allowed to make jokes, and in an era where we just saw Mandalorian star Gina Carano get fired for honestly, some very mild tweets. So how, how can those out there who are supposed to be the ones really pushing those in power with their feet to the fire and make us out there laugh at those in power? How can we walk that fine line? But also the idea of free speech, it is under fire. So Chrissy Mayer joins The Brian Nichols Show to discuss all that and more. So without further ado, on the show, Chrissy Mayer here on The Brian Nichols Show. Hello! Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. I love it that I finally have some guests who have energy like I usually bring to the show because usually I'm at a 10 and everybody else is at like a 6. So Chrissy, first and foremost, thank you, number one. Number two, let's introduce you to the uh, the, the Brian Nichols Show audience. I'm sure folks out there are familiar with you over on Compound Media. But for those of you who are not, Chrissy Mayer, who are you? And uh, kind of what has been your claim to fame in this uh, this stand-up comedy world? 
Oh yeah. Well, I um I host a, the Christy Mayer podcast, which is on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. It was just a once a week podcast back in last January, and then all the shit happened, and I was inspired in May last May to make it four times a week. So I've been able, thank God, been able to keep that going. Uh, at first, I was like, oh, do I call myself Ho Rogan? But then I was like, no, Christy Mayer podcast <laughs> is fine. And uh, I've been doing a show uh, called The Wet Spot on compound media for about a year and a half now that's mondays 7 30 p.m that's sort of like a fun light fluffy sex dating relationship uh like advice show we'll answer questions sometimes we'll have a porn star on you know something for everybody it's really a family show <laughs> and <laughs> most recently i've added domestic terrorists to my resume as i was at the january 6th um you know events in dc and it put me oh, on a boy. couple of lists you know uh but <laughs> well, i'm doing my thing talk about that so you you will find yourself in in dc on january 6th i'm sure you like a lot of other people were like oh wow this is happening so talk talk about that what was the experience like down there the experience was like not at all what i expected like the the chaos the craziness like that was not 99.99% of the of of people's experience there. It was a lot like the the rallies that were in like November and December. It's just like hundreds of thousands, just tons of people with their signs or a funny costume or just to like meet other patriots, people there to express their First Amendment rights. It was like very chill. Again, like it was like never uh Never like it, people weren't inspired to march to the Capitol because of anything Trump said. It was always a planned marching point. It was planned like days, maybe a week or so in advance. Uh, like we're going to meet Freedom Plaza on Tuesday night and then Wednesday morning, the ellipsis. And then 1 p.m. we're going to the Capitol. So if, the, if, if you guys take away nothing else other than like and that's the thing, the mainstream media was like when this shit went down, they were like, jackpot, we can finally get the right on something. You know, we can finally make them look bad because of just a, you know, a few people's, right. uh, you know, bad decisions. Again, like 99.99% of people there, not armed, just with flags, like just standing around, uh, you know, more peaceful than the peaceful protests of the summer. So um, I didn't know that all that shit was going down like inside the building until like we walked away from, you know, hours later, like late into the eve, like early evening, late afternoon, like we're walking away from the Capitol building, like walking back to our hotels, the Wi-Fi starting to come back. We're like, holy shit, this is what happened inside the building. Like we just thought people were climbing up over the fence to like wave and get a good picture. Um, and it does kind of point to, oh, maybe this was kind of like a false flag operation because I have friends who saw, you know, one guy with pliers, one guy with a sledgehammer. It's like th those aren't items that regular people bring to a rally. So like why I started to go to these uh, rallies is because I was sick of the mainstream media's depiction like they were they were barely covering them and they were kind of giving MAGA people a bad name. I was like, you know, let me just go down there and like see for myself and uh, kind of act as a neutral person of the media. And also I can do fun interviews and like talk to kooky people. There was a guy there dressed as a skeleton who had a sign that said, I voted for Biden nine times. So that's the kind of shit that I really like to see. I like to talk to like people and, and the people that were most eager to talk to me and like be on my YouTube channel were like, yeah, are like I'm from Venezuela or my parents are from Cuba. Like we know what it's like, you know? So it's like, 
we're kind of lucky. We've gone in us, our parents gone our whole lifetimes without ever having to like fight for our rights. We just take them for granted. And I did, I wasn't like a political person. I didn't really care about any of this shit. And like, yeah, I think I voted for Jill Stein in, in 2016. So I, I started to really become awake, like in March, you know, when a, went down a bunch of conspiracy rabbit holes, watched, watched fall cabal, watched out of shadows, opened my eyes to a lot of stuff that's going on. And you know, you take a few tests, you're like, Oh shit, maybe I'm libertarian. You know, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's like, you take a test. You're like, I'm gay. You're like, Oh, I'm libertarian. Just learning new stuff about yourself. It was an exciting year. <laughs> and then yeah, just like revved my podcast up again and just like sort of opening my eyes to a lot of the realities of the world, like following the money and who is owned by who and who are the, who are these mainstream media companies like owned by and uh, putting together like why things are the way they are. And then I was like, oh, I started seeing like free speech starting to be fucked with. And I was like, OK, that's going to be really bad for comedy. I feel like really inspired to get involved with this cause. And it's interesting because you meet people at these rallies and like everyone comes from a different, you know, story. Some people are big 2A people. Some people, their fucking business was shut down. Some people are like, yeah, just like we lost our jobs. Some people are just like, yeah, the fucking election was borrowed, you know? Um, (laughs) So everyone's kind of there for a common purpose, but everyone's kind of coming from for different reasons inspired by different stuff and these people were like all love they were in like these dumb racists rednecks that the media would like to have you believe it's like no it's like the most diverse group of a loving country loving people they love their rights they love everybody it's like it couldn't be further than what you see on tv so you were talking about this idea of free speech being really touched upon right now in this weird kind of era we find ourselves in where you find like th- these these corporate media companies really pushing not only just like silencing speech they consider to be dangerous, but like af- like actually going after like corporate entities that are like competition to them, like seeing Brian Stelter openly question like Fox News as a company. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's a little sketchy. So it's interesting because yeah. it's, it's a really fine line, right? Because you're in, you're in comedy and you would think that the, the people that should be on the side of free speech would be the comics. But I mean, we've seen some people like David Cross. I mean, goodness, he, he was in favor of, of this, you know, the hate speech laws and stuff. And I'm like, dude, you're wow. a comedian. Like how, how blind you have to be, how quickly this could be used against you. So I'm curious what's stopping some of these folks out there in, in the comedy world, especially from realizing, I mean, the elephant in the room, right. That these ideas of, you know, curtailing hate speech could easily be used against them overnight. Yeah, and they don't see it yet because they don't care because their team is winning. Their guy won. Fair or not, their team won, and they don't care about anything else. Uh, I Probably until it's too late. You kind of have to hit – each of us have to hit our own, like, you know, rock bottom of sorts to kind of, like, wake up and – and smell the cookies. No, I don't know. That's not the (laughs) phrase at all. But um, I think a lot of these, like, woke celebrity types or woke, like, famous – comedian types you have to look at like what is paying their bills like is it is it gonna pay their bills to like sing the same like woke liberal song as everybody else or is it gonna pay their bills to like fight for free speech which is like perhaps more of an uphill battle and like well then there's no there's no one gonna pay your bills or pay you to say shit on the free speech end of it so yeah and uh 
a lot of times it's like, I think money kind of dictates who these people are loyal to, which is why it's like people are kind of over celebrities because they're so out of touch. And that's, what's kind of great about being a celebrity. You don't have to be, you don't have to be in touch with anybody. You can just, that's like one of the great luxuries of fame and fortunes. Like you're kind of lifted up away from the peasants and you're like, bye. Did you <laughs> Until say, you're like, did you say Lady Gaga ad back um, is before the election? And she was trying to appeal to, to Joe Biden voters in the uh, the rural areas. And she dressed up. Oh, and, my right? God. Yeah. So for that was so fucking bad. I was like, I, I was blown away by how bad it was. She's just was like wearing boots and like took a sip of beer and then threw the rest of it on the ground. And I was like, that's not going to appeal to rednecks. Like finish the beer. Like, what are you doing? Like, hi, I'm Lady Gaga. And I think I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. It's cool. It's Ugh. like, do you really think that people in, in the country think like this and speak like this? And it really it spoke. Cause I'm actually from the, the, the country, but more upstate New York area. Right. And I'm what part? I, so pretty much as far north as you can go without being in Canada, uh, about two hours north of Syracuse up in uh, the St. Lawrence, um, the Thousand Islands area, St. Lawrence River area. So, Oh, is that where the dressing is from? Exactly where the dressing is from. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, I, I know famous. people, I try to explain like, where are you from? I'm like, where the dressing is from. They're like, is that a joke? And I'm like, no, actually. Russia? The- <laughs> You're from Russia? <laughs> <laughs> Just like Sarah Palin. Um, but like the, the fact that we, you know, we can see, right, how obvious and how apparent it is that that you know it's it's like well hold on you you think that this is what people in the rural countries actually think but you don't realize how patronizing that sounds when you go off and Mm -hmm. and you you basically are personifying what you are are thinking of these people and and it's like how do you expect to build any sense of common ground or or common values with people when you completely care like you're, you're basically you're you're putting on like a performance of what you think this character is in. And the sad thing is that you're, you're trying to manipulate the people that you're trying to make fun of essentially into doing what you want. It's, it's really backwards and it's kind of sad almost. Cause like, I don't think that that's really a, an ethical way to try to appeal to people's, uh, you know, appeal to people's senses is yeah. just like making fun of them being condescending. I remember after I watched it like the third or the fourth time, I was like, is she trying to do a bad job it was almost like she'd been paid to do a thing and she's fully phoning it in and fully not caring and just like eh, like the i'm just taking out the trash <laughs> my dad told me to like that's how this performance felt i'm like i'm like i know she is probably a decent actor i mean like she works in hollywood so like yeah that, that's like the whole thing is pretending so i was like i just can't believe that she's not doing a better job it's like it's either a fuck you or she she just is like i'm so popular i don't even have to i don't even have to care about this it's wild so let's let's go back to the the free speech right and let, let's talk about these comedians because i i do see um you know there is a, a pushback right now and it's interesting it's coming from some comedians it's coming from uh some some musicians especially focusing on the lockdowns i mean van morrison of all people is going out now with this like anti-lockdown um you know uh campaign around the united states and we're seeing this this kind of i don't want to say it's like a 60s revival of this like anti-authoritarian sentiment but i mean we're recording here on the, the second of february just after this whole wall street game stonks debacle right and we're seeing this populist kind of appeal where people are saying like no we're, we're kind of done with whether it's the government or like this idea of this you know central authority people are starting to kind of wake up to it so i'm wondering are, are some of these comedians kind of forgetting who they're they're actually trying to appeal to <laughs> i think so i think like 
there's there's comedians and then there's like Hollywood comedians and they kind of operate the same way that these actors and actresses do. It's like they, you know, they they kind of have somebody to answer to. They have a song to sing. They're kind they've kind of like signed away their individuality, their creative process, like the spark. You know, it's like anytime I see like a a comedian who's like just fucking angry and you're like they have no reason to be angry like they're doing really well i think it's because they've sold their soul to some degree and they're, they're owned and they're, they're like they can't just it's not like when you were a sort of beginner comedian you could take risks you could say whatever the fuck you want and you could grow i think they're stifled by by daddy so mm-hmm. to speak ken jong has i watched his stand-up routine on netflix i was so disappointed um like he it wasn't I forget who was talking about it. It, it was like, cla- there's the, the expression clapter. It was like the, the mm-hmm. oh, we're going to just like, you know, applaud. You weren't laughing. You were, you were kind of like, like agreeing with his stories. And, and there was a moment where I sat back and I was like, this isn't funny, but like yeah. we're being told that this is the new funny. It, it's weird. Like there's almost been this weird approach to try to and redefine what is and is not funny. Like what's, what's humor anymore. And it's, it's, <laughs> what the yeah the, you know, it's post funny it's like yeah. what this is post funny non-funny modern comedy here oh it's just nodding and going hmm yeah well and like how do we fix that right so like how how can we get back to i guess enjoying like I've, i look back to comedy it the most basic sense i think of whose lines it anyway like i think of ryan styles Colin Mockery mm. just having a blast. Like there's that one scene where Ryan hits his head off the Who's Line neon light and it breaks the glass and they stay in, in the <laughs> characters and they stay in the scene. That's and like, funny. It, yeah, it, like that was genuine. And I think people were kind of craving that. So there's demand. So what's what's holding these people back from actually reaching this market where there's so obviously this demand and desire for genuine funniness? <laughs> God, like that's like, I mean, that's an that's like the only improv show that really like, has done well that I can think of. And I like, I came, I, I mean, well, grew up in comedy through improv. I did like UCB. I spent like thousands of dollars on classes, like did five years of improv before I ever started to do stand up. So I just don't think that like improv as a whole is like profitable. It's like a thing for rich kids to do pretty much. It's like, yes, you do build up some good skills, but it's like, I think maybe stand up is more the way. I think like, folks like Ryan Long are definitely the future like his you know he's he just produces he's like a machine he'll turn out like a really great sketch like every week and it's really cool because like the kind of typical comedy gatekeepers have kind of dissolved you know it's not the end all be all now to get a late night spot on like Conan or Fallon or Colbert and it's like Comedy Central is not the only way it's like you could you're just one viral comedy video away from making a name for yourself. Like look at somebody like Robin Shaw, like her and I kind of started at the same time. She got like, she had like a viral TikTok, Then they had her on the view and then like, boom, it's like, it could be anything, you know? So it's like, yes, we're grown men and women on TikTok, but that could be the thing <laughs> that like helps springboard your career. So I think it's good. I think it's for a while I was upset. I'm like, I don't need management. I don't, I'm not like in the industry, but like, that's actually, that happened for the best. Cause now it's like, I'm not hindered by that. I'm not like, Oh, well I can't talk about X, Y, and Z. Cause I'll never get a spot on Colbert. It's like, no, I'm actively shitting on Colbert now. It's just like, I just don't care anymore. He's such a shill. It's like, it's so not comedy anymore. It's exactly what you said before. It's clapter. It's like, it's like you watch these late night shows, which no one does. But if you did, you'd be like, wow, they're all just like, 
are they borrowing the same jokes? Are they borrowing the right. same script? So SNL is not funny. It's just like it's kind of up to individual comedians and like folks like myself, or like Compound Media or Gas Digital, these kind of independent networks that are not owned by anybody and they can just like truly pursue uh, like funny stuff and and find your voice. Yeah, well, I mean, great. I find myself not even watching the late night shows. I mean, I candidly, Chrissy, I'll find myself sitting on the couch rewatching like an episode of Impractical Jokers that I've seen like, uh, yeah. 15 times and I'll still yeah, laugh. Yeah. Like, but it's funny. Like, there's nothing that I'm going to flip on on Jimmy Kimmel or, you know, on Colbert that I'm going to sit there and be like, that was funny. Like at least when Colbert was playing Stephen Colbert after John Stewart, the daily show, like I knew that he was playing a character and I could laugh at the satire that he was playing. But now there's nothing even funny. Now it's just, now preaching. it's just his personality. And you're like, ugh. yeah, like what's the joke? Like, are, yeah. are, are you the joke? Like what, what's the point of this? And, and that's, I think where there is like this demand for like, almost like this authenticity. We look at people like yes. you know, the impression yeah. the jokers. You're like, I could be friends with them. I mean, right now we're in the era of the pandemic and they're doing what's called a uh, impractical jokers dinner party. And I still watch it because I could just like, you could see yourself being their friends but like you couldn't see Trevor Noah and no. you know, Colbert do this, no. Yeah, you, they would like take a sip of beer and like short circuit or something. And it's like we now have for years we've been like, okay, our social media like there's been too many filters, too much fakeness with our social media, with our news. It's too much fake, too much bullshit, too much mainstream media. It there, it's a lot of lies. It's a lot of like you know, this is what we want you to believe. This is not actually us reporting the news. This is like, this is what we want you to think about what's happening, you know? So I think there's a real desire for like raw and real and, and kind of like saying it like it is. This, this demand for like an authentic idea of like the person, even if they don't necessarily, and I, you know, we'll transition here to you're, you're leaving New York city. There's this demand for authenticity. Even if like somebody's like, Hey, I don't know the answer. So for example, right. We see time and again, these big cities that we're just like looking at, you know, implementing these lockdowns across the board and they still to this, they won't admit that they were wrong, but like, oh, yeah. you, you see, you know, people like you leaving these cities because you're like, what, what is there for, you know, me in your case as a stand up comedian to live in New York city, paying exorbitant fees just to, you know, be close to the happening events and venues. But, oh, guess what? Those venues and events, they've been completely shut down arbitrarily, mind you, by some government lockdown or government, you know, edict on high. Yeah, I feel bad for like so many of my friends have like quietly moved out of New York City back home or somewhere else just because like the reasons that people have like lived and struggle in New York City like are all gone. Like there's you can't kid yourself anymore. It's like you're kind of if you're stuck there, you're stuck there. Like the restaurants are gone. The nightlife is gone. Broadway is gone. Comedy's gone. It's like and and those are the things that kept you out away from your small shitty apartment that you paid too much for. So now that those things are gone, you're like, all you have is your small shitty apartment that you paid too much for. And you're like, oh shit, this right. is where I chose to live. Um, I was kind of lucky. Like I met my boyfriend a few years ago and like we moved out to, to like Westchester and like we were, you know, like renting and we're looking around for like, uh, like other places maybe to buy now. But it's like, I was like, thank God. I was already out of the city because I lived in, you know, Queens for four years, Brooklyn for like two and a half years. So I just uh, I kind of just feel bad for people who aren't able to 
relocate. Well, and I think a lot of people don't realize too, like if you're not in an area that's being impacted by the lockdowns, I think the severity of the lockdowns, it's not realized. And I mean, I don't mean to, to take a, a you know more uplifting episode and kind of take a, a, a turn towards the, the negative. But I mean, you know, just in my personal life, I've had, you know, six or so friends in, in the past year, all under the age of 30, either die from overdoses, suicide or drunk driving. Holy shit. And, wow. it's, and it's like, I, I don't want to blame anyone. I don't want to blame the, the lockdowns. But like, I know one of them. It's not helping. His, I know one of them lost his job. And when he lost his job, yeah. he lost a significant other. I, you know, and I know that there that's not uncommon. Like that this has happened across the United States in mass. No it's one's ha- talking about it. No. More people are dying from like suicide, uh, abusing alcohol and drugs, domestic abuse, way more than people who are dying of like this bullshit um, fancy flu we have. It, and it's just the tip of the iceberg what we're seeing uh, in terms of the unintended consequences. I mean, I just saw uh, <laughs> the, the bastion of comedy, Joy Behar from The View, saying that she she didn't see why it would be a problem to hold kids back another year. It's like, you want to tell that to the, the kids in, in their senior class that they, wow. they're not going to be allowed to go to real life? They have to hold back a year? Or tell the, the six-year-old that they can't go to second grade? Like, come on! That's like, that, there are real thi- like ramifications to that beyond just like, trying to play god yeah socially it's oh like these god. kids uh i worry so much about the kids like they're this is like the their time of their life where they're like sponges they really need their social connections they really need to like get outside and play it's like they already have too much screen time with like if if you happen to have a kid that plays a lot of video games now all of their school is also through a screen um I, yeah i would say just like let everyone go on to the next grade you know play catch up next year figure it out also it's like i don't know a lot of it is like bullshit anyway. So it's like, they'll catch up. Like just don't to hold them back for another year of this stuff is, ugh, I don't know. It, it's it's ugh, crazy. Indeed. Well, how about this? Let's, let's end on an era or an era. Uh, well, Hey, we'll say an, an era, but we'll end, an, an, <laughs> a feeling of optimism. And, and that is a looking towards the future. So, so Chrissy, obviously this past year, 2020 was weird. Um, a lot of people couldn't really do the things we wanted to do. I know I had a bunch of events I was supposed to speak at got canceled. Um, so I'm sure you had a bunch of events as well. Probably. I also had a lot of events I was supposed to be speak at and they're like, we never hired you. I'm like, what are you talking about? No. <laughs> um, so I'm putting together, um, a super duper stand-up comedy tour. It, it might be called the free speech comedy tour. I'm not sure, but that's that's kind of the gist of it. Some of these dates I'll be headlining myself. Some I'll be teaming up with Tim Young. I might have, you know, some spots, you know, for some talent from Compound Media coming in that I'm really, really excited about. Um, so I'm going to be in Texas. I'm going to be at Hyenas in Dallas, February 19th and 20th. Um, Comedians of the Compound in Royersford, Pennsylvania, February 26th. And then I'll be headlining the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey, February 28th. If you guys are in Florida, uh, April 30th, I'm going to be at the Lake Park Black Box Theater in Palm Beach, May 1st. Boca Black Box Theater in Boca, Florida. And then May 7th and 8th, uh, the Skyline in Appleton, Wisconsin. May 9th, Oklahoma City. That's the Bricktown Comedy Club. Then Comedians of the Compound is coming to Austin, Texas, May, I think, 13th, 14th, and 15th. Zanies in Nashville, May 19th. Stand Up Live in Huntsville, Alabama, May 20th. Uh, Hilarities in Cleveland, uh, June 6th. And possibly some more dates squeezed in there. 
I love it. So I know. If, I know. So it. if folks hear their their city, obviously on that list, um, I implore them to to go um, check you out. Number one, because we need to, I think, at this point in time, start to support the normal people, like the people who are like, hey, we have to be a society that functions, and that requires us to kind of get back to some sense of normalcy. Exactly. Do not wait for things to get normal to start living your life again. That's why I was like, that's why I'm doing this tour. It's like to show people it's like, no, 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 we we kind of decide when things are over. Like, because if you leave it up to them, it's going to be it's going to go on forever because it feels too good for them. Like the power feels too good. So we kind of have to take it back. Yep. Oh, right there. We get, we do. We have to take it back indeed. And, uh, and Chrissy, we we're doing it three now through the culture and that's what you're doing over at compound media, but also through uh, all the, the great work you're doing, making people laugh. And I think that's how we're going to be able to help change the future. Chrissy Mayer, where can uh, folks go ahead and follow you over on social media? If they want to stay up to date with all that's happening in your, uh, your world. My world, <laughs> all things at Chrissy Mayer, C-H-R-I-S-S-I-E-M-A-Y-R. I am getting more on things like, you know, telegram gab uh rockfin locals i'm like looking into all that stuff if not i'm already on it but then you know still on twitter twitter as long as they'll have me um facebook eh, less so but instagram yes for sure so follow me on all those things um follow me on itunes um subscribe to my youtube channel yeah yeah i think that's it this was great brian perfect well how about this we'll make it easy for folks we'll include all those links in the show notes so they can easily go ahead and find Chrissy Mayer and support that free speech tour as it comes up here in the next few months. You have a very few busy uh, months coming up here. Chrissy, thank you so much for all you're doing and thank you for all you're doing ahead in the, uh, the months to come. Thanks, Brian. Let's sell liberty and look good doing it with Proud Libertarian. Folks, when we're selling liberty, we have to start things off by peaking interest. And what better way to peak some interest than by rocking some amazing apparel from Proud Libertarian. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Do Good Recklessly t-shirt, but there's more than t-shirts to find from awesome taxationist theft snapbacks to the killer Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death hoodies. Proud Libertarian has all the libertarian swag you need. And guess what? Brian Nichols Show audience members can rock the latest libertarian swag and save some cash on every single order. All you have to do, use code TBNS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire cart at checkout. That's right. Each time you order, use code TBNS and you'll instantly get 10% off your entire order. Listen, I am super excited to have Proud Libertarian here as a sponsor of the Brian Nichols Show. So do me a favor, head over there to Proud Libertarian, place your order today, use code TBNS at checkout, save 10% on your order and help support libertarian entrepreneurs today. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Chrissy Mayer. I really enjoyed the conversation. Chrissy was a blast. And if you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did, well, you know the drill. Go ahead and share today's episode with family and friends. And when you do so, tag Chrissy, but also tag me at B Nichols Liberty, Twitter, Facebook, Minds.com, wherever it is you have your social media, go ahead and make sure you give us a tag. Also, if you uh, particularly enjoyed the episode and you want to just give me a heads up, well, go ahead and email me, brian at briannicholsshow.com is the email. Also, if you've not yet had the chance to do our five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, well, what is keeping you up? Because, yes, it is Friday. That means we are going to read a five-star rating and review. And today's review comes from Dennis. 848. Brian Nichols is amazing, my goodness. Has the ability to speak out on topics with many different views to come to a better understanding of what is happening. Also brings in many different people with many different political beliefs. Well, thank you, uh, Dennis848. Much appreciated, and I do appreciate the reviews. Also, I do appreciate the emails, and I got an awesome, 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 awesome email uh, that I want to go ahead and read on air. 
So it starts. Good morning. I am a 23-year-old college student from Massachusetts. I came across your podcast through Matt Kibbe. For those of you, by the way, who did not get the chance to see my appearance on Matt Kibbe's amazing show, Kibbe on Liberty, well, please go ahead and check that out. I'll include the link in the show notes, by the way. Um, but he says, I love your enthusiasm and optimistic outlook on freedom and politics. I like that their podcast is somewhere where ideas can be discussed instead of current events. I'm trying to learn to be a better salesman instead of just trying to be right and more logical all the time. I actually started thinking about these ideas prior to finding your podcast, but didn't really fully develop them. Listening to you talk about selling liberty helped me solidify and develop what I was actually thinking in my head. I appreciate your work. I'm going to do my best to try and educate myself about markets. Thomas Sowell, Milton Friedman, Walter E. Williams, etc. Regardless, I'm excited to learn, and I'm glad I found your podcast. Keep up the great work. Gabe, Gabe, thank you for your kind words and thank you uh, for the email. Uh, if you folks out there want to get your email in as well, email me, brian at com. Those emails are awesome. Um, and that's why we do this, right? That's what we're doing at the show. We're trying to help people better sell these ideas, sell the value of what we're doing here, not only at the Brian Nichols Show, but in this greater liberty movement. What's the goal? What's the mission of uh, what we're doing? And I think it's to make people's lives better. So uh, if you're on board for making people's lives better, well, make sure you hit subscribe because next week, my goodness, we are in store for an all-star lineup. Starting off on Monday, we are joined by the lead singer from All That Remains, Phil Labonte, joins the Brian Nichols Show. Uh, Then, joining here on Wednesday, we are talking about school choice. Corey DeAngelis joins the program from the Reason Foundation, discussing school choice and more. And then on Friday, the chair of the Libertarian Party, Joe Bishop Henchman, joins the program. Three phenomenal episodes, so make sure you hit subscribe. Do not miss a single episode. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Chrissy Mayer. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.